The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. I'm going to get our ushers to help me at this time. We have an upcoming event next Sunday. It's called Pack the Pew Sunday. Pack the Pew Sunday. And so I'm going to get our ushers to pass them out. And if, uh, we'll pass one out per person, one out per person. If you like to get more, you can get them off the counter in the back. Everybody try and bring somebody. Uh, try and get a burden for a pew. Look at your pew and see if it's full. If it's not full, you try and fill it by next Sunday morning. And uh, try and get as many people as you possibly can. Now, those sitting in the balcony, you've got a lot of chairs to fill right in that area right there. And, uh, and uh, I think maybe in this area right here. And so, and right there, you'll take care of that little area right there. That's good. And so let's try and fill it up, okay, next Sunday. Go ahead and pass them out at will, ushers, if you will, please. And uh, everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. And uh, then next Sunday, pack up you Sunday. And uh, it's going to be a great Sunday. Thank you for working hard today. Uh, with the Friends and Family Sunday, and then uh, the Sunday before on Love Thy Neighbor Sunday. You did a great job. Please don't forget, if you do bring a visitor, uh, to sign them up in the lobby area. And, of course, uh, there is awards that we're giving out for whoever brings the most, uh, the second most, and third most visitors. You can bring a visitor back over and over again in order to count them. And so please be mindful about that, if you will. Don't forget, we do have a bookstore. Hope you avail yourself to go by. And this is great. This is by Brother Fugit on connecting the hearts of the father to the children. And that's a great book there. Uh, Dr. Bachman's dad, James Bachman, in Roanoke, Indiana, wrote this, Suicide Prevention and Helps uh, for Those Left Behind. Now, uh, and this is very good. If you have uh, somebody that's a family member or maybe somebody that you know that's committed suicide, this is a very helpful book. But it's also a helpful book to be able to read, as I have read it, to be able to help people that is considering suicide themselves. Uh, that's a great book right there to be able to help them and to guide them. Darwin's Empty Cradle. And this is, of course, uh, the evolution, uh, if you will, uh, that is pushing the abortion. And uh, you'll want to get this and read this, and that is absolutely tremendous. Well, the deacon's going to make another trip down the aisle. We have Baptist Leadership Conference coming up, and uh, they're going to pass out the Baptist Leadership Conference brochures. And what that is, uh, is right around the corner. And uh, it's April 22 through 25. April 22 through 25, Dr. Shelton Smith will be here preaching for us. Uh, Dr. Jeff Owens will be here. Dr. Ray Young will be here. Dr. John Hammond will be here. And also Dr. Jeff Fugit. It's going to be a jam-packed time. We also have about 15 pastors that's coming in. You'll get to hear pastors from Indiana. You'll get to hear pastors from Colorado and different places around that's coming in teaching classes for us. Also ladies' classes during the day. And so if you did not receive one of these this morning, raise your hand and allow the ushers to serve you as they walk down the aisle. And we would like for you to try and come for church members at Parkside, it is absolutely 100% free. The only thing you need to do is pay for your meal. You'll be able to sign up for that if you want to have a meal with us, and it's $5 per meal or $15 for 
all three meals. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 1230, uh, and you'd have to pay for that, okay? If you are wanting the giveaways, we are going to give away. Each person walk away with about $50 worth of stuff, so we do charge a $50 cover fee uh, for that, and so uh, it's $50 if you want to register to be able to get the giveaways. Other than that, it's free to come to, and so you come and be a part of the Baptist Leadership Conference. Uh, you might want to take an early lunch or something like that, and that could be a great help. Brother Botman's going to come and tell you about the college uh, and, of course, what we're trying to do with the Presidential uh, Gift Club, and he'll tell you about that, and we'll get right into the rest of the service. I know that we've had several folks that have taken the little sheets that we've handed out about our Presidents and Partners Club, and if you've not yet received one, you'd like one, we'd be glad to get one to you. But uh, what I need you to do is out here in the lobby, uh, in the main lobby on the desk right there, is a sign-up sheet. And if you're planning to donate it all towards that project, we need to know that for a few reasons. Number one, as you know, we're trying to raise funds to be able to purchase a brand new van for our college. This will be used every day uh, throughout the week to transport ladies back and forth to work uh, for our cafeteria crew and picking up all the food that we need for our dormitory students uh, to make office runs and so forth. And then obviously during the summertime for our tour groups to travel across the nation and uh, represent our college. And so it's a great need and it'll be a great benefit and help. I know some that have already given funds towards that. But many of you have taken one of those flyers, but uh, during our Baptist Leadership Conference, which is just a couple weeks away, we recognize all of those. We'll have a nice plaque for you and so forth, those that are giving toward the different levels. Now, if you want to give a donation that's less than one of those levels or more than one of those levels, that's fine. But I still need you to sign up on the sheet. Just put your name down and how much you're planning to donate towards it. You don't have to turn in the money tonight. But I do need to know that you are planning uh, to give towards it so that we can plan accordingly and be ready for you at Baptist Leadership Conference as we honor those that are part of our Presidents and Partners Club. And so if you'll help us, please, uh, as soon as the service is over, write yourself a note right now or something so that you don't forget about it. I know you get busy with other things, but if you can go out to the lobby, put your name on there and how much you're planning to give. And again, you don't have to turn in the money now. Uh, you can uh, take your time to do that, but we do need to know if you are planning to give towards it. We certainly would appreciate that. And do pray for us. We are hoping to probably within the next uh, five to ten days start both of our projects in the remodel of the dormitories as well as the courtyard between the two buildings that we'll be remodeling for uh, our college area as well. And so we already have plans approved. We already have permits pulled. Uh, we already have uh, the loan approved from the bank. We're just waiting on final paperwork to be signed. And then we'll get started on that really shortly. So we'll be praying about those projects. But this van is a great need, and we want to make sure that we have it in time to be able to have ready to go for the summer tour group. And so if you can help us with that, if you've not yet got one of the papers, there's some out there on the on the lobby. There's also some here on this back counter right here. And you can grab one of those letters that describes to you all the different levels that we do offer. But again, if you'd like to give an amount above that, that's fine. Just put the number on the paper. If you want to give an amount below that, that's fine as well. But I do need to at least have record of your plans. That will help us in our planning procedures our guest tonight. If you did bring a guest and you'd like to introduce them, would you stand please? You brought a guest tonight. You'd like to introduce your guests. It's always a wonderful blessing. Of course, you've already met the shipments tonight, and that's a blessing them being here with us. And by the way, thank you, church, for sacrificing us working together as a church family to be able to partner with God in supporting missionaries around the world. Thank you so much for that. Right back here.
That is super. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Anybody else have a guest you'd like to recognize? I see several guests tonight. Thank you for coming. We're honored that you're here. Let's give all of our guests a big round of applause. If you would please stand again and turn in your songbook to 381. We'll stand and sing. Page 381. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Page 381. I was
And Father, I pray that you'll bless our time together to be able to give. Bless each gift and giver. Thank you for a church that sacrifices together. Thank you for a church that loves you so much, not just to show up, uh, but Father, to support the work in prayer and in giving. Help us to do our part tonight, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, please. Sarah Austin on the piano. She is from uh, Louisiana, and so praise the Lord for her and Mrs. Valdivis playing with her also. Here's what I'm going to ask our fellows working the cameras, if you will. In just a minute, I'm going to have a young man to come up, and he's going to stand right there, and I want you to put the cameras on him. That way everybody over here can see, because they won't be able to see him because of the pulpit. The other day, Brother and Mrs. Heminger uh, uh, sent me a little video clip, and I appreciate the parents allowing me to have a part in your child-rearing endeavors and loving your children. It means an awful lot to me, and thank you so much. But TM uh, was quoting scripture, and he was doing such a fabulous job of it. And uh, he is going to come, and he's going to recite Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. And I want him to recite it the way 
he recited it for mom and daddy and also to put expression into it and I believe that you'll be highly blessed and so TM come right up here if you will and Joshua check that mic for him just to make sure it's all right and I told him brother Mason to ignore the mic that you're going to take good care of him I just want him to get into it and enjoy it and so he is going to quote for us tonight Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 6 disciples unto Jesus saying who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and Jesus called a little child unto him and said to him himself, verily I say unto you except ye be converted and become as little children ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven and you so shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged most dead than you are drowned in the depths of the sea. Matthew 18, 1 through 6. Pretty good, huh? Amen. And so what a blessing that is. Let's pray and we'll have our special to come. Father bless, I pray tonight as we get into the preaching. And stir our hearts, I do pray. Lord, it wouldn't be church without preaching. And so God, speak to our hearts and change our lives forever for the glory of God. And bless the special now to come. In Jesus' name, amen.
time. We have had the Lord's Supper. We have had a scripture rendition, uh, uh, recitation, uh, 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 quoting of the Bible there, and marvelous specials tonight, handshaking time, offering time. We normally get out at 730. So if you would just sit still for an hour and a half and let me preach this, I would appreciate it so very, very much. And, uh, and I, I won't be that long. I promise I, I will respect your uh, ability to sit tonight. But uh, I, I want you to listen to something. I want to speak tonight about friendship. Friendship. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 2. You need not to stand for sake of time. Listen to it carefully. The Bible says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And so we understand that it is good to have a friend. Uh, matter of fact, if your best friend is Jesus, you can't beat that. And so let's talk tonight about friendship. Uh, years ago, I, I, I write down a lot of notes. And if you know me, you know that's true about me. And I write down many, many illustrations. Years ago, uh, we were staying somewhere. I can't remember where, but I wrote down the illustration that we saw on a public broadcasting system as they were visiting uh, the Library of Congress. They were getting ready to open a drawer that had been sealed for many, many years. And it was sealed and deposited there as evidence of a famous crime. And so they're getting ready to open this drawer. Uh, inside of this drawer was a plastic bag that had the effects of Abraham Lincoln from the night that he was assassinated in the Ford's Theater on April the 9th, 1865. I watched it with great interest. I'm a history lover, and I watched it uh, with great interest. And they began to open the drawer. Uh, inside of the drawer as I and no doubt many other people uh, were looking on to that broadcast. Uh, they gave the story of what happened that night as Abraham Lincoln uh, was watching a presentation of our American cousin. He was sitting there in the presidential box when all of a sudden one of the best actors of the day by the name of John Wilkes Booth snuck up behind him pulled a gun on him, shot him, and he died later across the street from the theater. Uh, we would remember things, of course, that uh, took place that night. John Wilkes Booth, he jumped from the box down to the stage, and ironically, uh, one of his uh, boot spurs got caught in the American flag that was draped over the presidential box, and by the time he hit the stage, he had broken his leg. Uh, he limped off the stage and he ran. They caught him later and he was executed. Uh, but that night, uh, they took the effects of uh, President Lincoln and uh, they put them uh, in a box and they sealed it. This box that they had placed them in had been sealed since May 10th of 1865 and had not yet been opened until just about three years ago. 
Inside of that box, as they took out the effects of President Lincoln, there was a little plastic bag. Uh, they took out the plastic cover of the plastic bag. It was uh, said that this is what came out of his pocket. Uh, in that pocket, when he was shot that night, was a pen knife. Uh, stuck to the pen knife was uh, a piece of paper, apparently, uh, that he had carved out of the newspaper the day before. He'd taken a pencil and he'd underscored several things in the newspaper because the newspaper, for once, was kind to him. Uh, if you remember correctly, Mr. Lincoln did not have a popular presidency. Matter of fact, when he was elected the first uh, time, if you would, only 40% of the popular vote went his way. Uh, most people looked at him the first four years that he was the president as a dictator, as he was trying to bring order back into the United States. And, uh, and so they took the effects out, and there was that pocket knife, and there was a piece of paper that came from a newspaper article, and it was kind to him, and so he underscored some of the things that was said, and then he circled uh, one word, and that one word was friend. You know, President Lincoln, as I've studied him, and I've read many books, as you well know, about his life, uh, was a very lonely man. Uh, he was a man that uh, felt like he had no friends in the world. He went against most of that which the population had thought uh, to be uh, right. He went against it to be able to put down some principles that he believed was true and right. Because of that, many people turned against him. Many times he'd be in his office and on his knees praying to God and asking God for leadership, but he was all alone. People would come by his library there uh, that was in uh, the White House, and they would notice that there was this tall man on his knees in the library early in the morning, and he was all alone. Many times he felt that way, and no doubt there might be some in this room that from time to time you feel that very way as well. Uh, significantly enough, in Mr. Lincoln's life, uh, he took that newspaper article and he circled that word friend and underscored several things that was written about him and in the kind words that was said. Isn't it sad that uh, you have to look for somebody to be your friend? Isn't it sad that people don't want to be a friend to someone else? Isn't it sad that some people have to come to church and they wind up sitting by themselves? Isn't it sad that when some tragic thing happens in your life, you don't feel like you have anybody to call? Isn't that sad? Now, may I say tonight that you and I ought to work on being the right type of friend. In the Old Testament, we read about David, and David had a friend in the Old Testament by the name of Jonathan. Jonathan, of course, his daddy was King Saul, and we see in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 16, and Jonathan, Saul's son, rose, it says, and went into the woods and uh, strengthened, uh, it says, with his hands. Now, who did he strengthen with his hands? He strengthened his friend David with his hands. So we have several stories in the Bible where you see where God brings somebody into somebody else's life to be able to strengthen them. But I think our ultimate friend we can learn about tonight and be encouraged about tonight and try to 
emulate tonight is the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to take just a few minutes tonight, and we're going to talk about uh, how our ultimate example of friendship ought to be followed. Uh, there's no friend like Jesus. Uh, you know this, that even though you have faults and I have faults, he still loves us. You know this, that even though you have shortcomings and I have shortcomings, he still loves us. You know that even though you have weaknesses and I have weaknesses, he still loves us. You know that even though that you sin and I sin, he still loves us. Uh, somebody wrote uh, this, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Somebody wrote this, Jesus, what a friend of sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Somebody wrote this, what a friend we have in Jesus. And there's been many songs written about our Lord Jesus. Now, he is the ultimate friend. So how is it that we can be a friend? Well, let's study him. Let's see how he was a friend and perhaps Again, we can emulate some of those uh, characteristics in our life. Statement number one, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 19, the Bible says the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man a gluttonous and a wine-bibber and a friend of publicans and sinners, uh, uh, but uh, wisdom is justified uh, in her children. Now, wait a minute, watch this. And so we understand this. Jesus knew what it was to be a friend. Now, he knew what it was to be a friend to the saved, uh, and he knew what it was to be a friend to the unsaved saved sometimes. I think that we try to live, if you would please, such an isolated life that we insulate ourselves to the point that we don't care for people. You know, not everybody is saved. Not everybody that's saved even acts like they're saved. So we understand this, that Jesus was a good example of being a friend to publicans and sinners. Uh, he was friendly to them. He wasn't unkind. He wasn't stuck up. He wasn't stuck on himself. He wasn't somebody that lived, uh, if you would please, in such an outlandish way that they felt like that they were uh, not uh, cared for around him. Uh, you and I ought to work very hard on being the friend of sinners. Statement number two, uh, Jesus was a friend of his enemies, of his enemies. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44, the Bible says, And I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good unto them that hate you, uh, pray for them that despitefully use you, and persecute you. All right? So we see that Jesus, uh, he was a friend of sinners. But we also see that Jesus was also a friend of those that was his enemies. Uh, Jesus uh, was a friend of Judas Iscariot even though he betrayed him. Uh, don't forget that Jesus said this about Judas in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 50. The Bible says, and Jesus saith unto him, talking to, about Judas, the Bible says, he says, friend, wherefore art thou come? Now he knew why he had came. Uh, he knew that he was about to be betrayed. But can I tell you, he looked at a person that uh, was about to betray him, and he said, friend, friend. So wait a minute. When somebody stabs you in the back, are you kind to them? When somebody slaps you upside the head, are you kind to them? When somebody gets on Facebook and it's all about you, are you kind to them? 
Uh, when somebody steals something from you, are you kind to them? When somebody talks bad about you behind your back, are you kind to them? When somebody tries to destroy your good name, are you kind to them? Uh, when your neighbor comes over and steals out of your garage, are you kind to them? Are you going to be friendly to them? Or are you going to try and ruin them? Now, here's what the Bible says. Uh, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend to his enemies. Statement number next. Jesus could share his friends. You know, I, now I understand this. I understand somebody that's immature, not mature. I understand a child or a teenager even that's not mature and that they don't want to share their friends. I understand somebody immature being that way. You know, where they say, well, this is my friend and this is my only friend and my friend and my only friend. You can't be around them. Well, I understand an immature person doing that. But for the life of me, I can't understand a mature person doing that. See, the Bible says here that he was a friend, uh, uh, if you would please, that shared his friends. Watch the terminology, if you will, in the Bible. We can learn a lot from our Bible when we study it. John chapter 11 and verse 11, here's what it says. The Bible says, these things, said he, uh, that after uh, he uh, saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. Uh, but I go uh, that I may awake him out of sleep. Now, wait a minute. Jesus could have said, now that's my friend. I mean, I've known Lazarus for a long time. By the way, he did. He ate in the house. He was friends with the family. He could have said exclusively, that's my friend, and that's nobody else's friend. That's my friend, and you can't have them because I have ownership over them. But that's not what he did. Oh, no, that's not what he did at all. Matter of fact, the Bible says here that Jesus uh, called him our friend. Uh, uh, why don't we as uh, maybe individuals learn from that? Instead of saying, uh, that's my friend, maybe we ought to change our terminology a little bit when somebody else is trying to be a friend to your friend and change it to say, that's our friend. That's our friend. Uh, hmm. Oh, why don't we try to be uh, uh, sharing, if you will? By the way, I thank God for you. I love you. I consider it a great honor to be your uh, pastor. But can I say this? Uh, I don't have exclusive rights over you. Uh, I think that we ought to share fellowship. I think we ought to enjoy what God uh, has given us. I was thinking about the shipments tonight and coming from uh, our dear friend brother randy taylor jr's church well who is he he's a friend he's a friend uh, i think sometimes independent baptist churches and they're too independent i like it when we fellowship together and he's a good fellowshipper but i like it when we take and we can fellowship together and we can come together for the common cause what not to build a kingdom not to try and build uh, some uh, giant uh, uh, work if you will just trying to help somebody and love somebody and encourage somebody to be able to obey god for the sake of the gospel here's what we understand uh, jesus was a friend of uh, to sinners uh, Jesus was a friend to his enemies uh, Jesus shared his friend statement number next uh, Jesus wants us uh, listen to it now Jesus wants us to be close 
Jesus wants us to be close. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, Jesus wants to be close to us, but he also wants you to be close to somebody else. That's evident, and he shared his friends. But he wants to be close to us, too. Oh, I think sometimes we box him out. We find our, stand up, Josh, if you will, and Josh is our middle son and uh, bus director, your children's director, and I appreciate and love him. But sometimes if we're not careful, let's say he's not one of my boys, our boys. Let's say that he's not, uh, uh, you know, he's not one of our boys. Let's just say that he's just, um, uh, he's just uh, my friend. And so, uh, you know, I get close to Josh. And if I'm not careful, uh, I let Josh permeate my life so much. Or oh, it might be personality. It... it, it it might be because maybe he's Mr. Intelligent. It might be because he's got more money in the bank than what you can imagine. <laughs> it might be because of the type of clothing that he wears. It, it might be because uh, there's just something about him that it just, when I get around him, it's like, man. You ever get around somebody like that? You ever do that? You get around somebody and you walk away and say, I wish I had a little bit of their personality. Did you ever do that? Oh, nod your head, you bunch of sinners. Did you ever do this? Did you ever get around somebody, uh, a girl talking about another girl, not a man, thank God, but a girl talking about another girl or a lady talking about another lady and you say, I wish I had that outfit. Now, us guys, we don't really care. Matter of fact, we would like to kill the guy one day that made these things. But now, wait a minute. Watch this, if you will. Now, we won't do it because we're Christian. But, but now, watch this, if you will. We understand this, that I've seen this. I've seen insecure people that get close to somebody that's uh, what they think in their own eyes is a better Christian, a better leader, a more balanced person than they are, and all they do is they go to that person and it's like glue. Whenever you see him, you see his friend. Whenever you see her, you see her friend. Whenever you see that one couple, you see that other couple. Now, there's nothing wrong with having good friends, but why don't you spread yourself around a little bit? I'm not being punchy tonight, but if you're so good, you ought to share yourself. Now watch this. Thank you. Be seated. Here's what we understand. We understand uh, uh, that Jesus wants us to be close to him also. Don't block him out. Don't block it. Well, it's just me and my family. We do everything together. It's me and my family. Well, why don't you include Jesus in that? Amen. See, here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24. Let me read it to you again. It was our text verse. The Bible says, a man that have friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks it closer than a brother. Psalm 27 meant a lot to me. When I went to Bible college, uh, my parents told me, uh, because the priest had come back in for a little bit and told uh, them that I'd left the church and he was going to excommunicate me out of the church.
the church and daddy said you can't do that because he's already gone but for some reason they got it in their mind that and I you know uh, that I should change my mind and come back from Bible college or whatever and they made a statement uh, because the priest said you ought not let him ever come back into your house and so they took that they took that as gospel truth and that's what they did so I'd write them letters I love you I sure do miss you and they'd uh, uh, tear up the letters put them back in the envelope right on the outside of the envelope you're no longer our son we want nothing to do with you that went on for about two years can I tell you that was the loneliest two years I ever had in my entire life because I wanted to get close and stay close to mom and daddy but it was impossible they wouldn't answer my phone calls. They'd tear up my letters. They'd write on the outside of those envelopes. They'd send them back. And they wanted nothing to do uh, for some time. And then mom got saved. And when mom got saved in, I think it was 1982, when uh, it might have been 80, I, don't know, I think it's 80, 80, the latter part of the 81 or 82, when mom got saved. And when mom got saved, things began to change a little bit. I asked my brother one time, I said, uh, those letters I sent home, did you ever see mom or, or dad reading them? And uh, my little brother Joe told me one time, he said, yeah, I saw mom reading some of them sometime. I thought, ooh, that's good stuff. But eventually mom got saved. And when mom got saved, when Jesus moves in, you'd be amazed how everything begins to change. And now I got invited home. Now, wait a minute, can I say this? Can I say, uh, Jesus can help you through the difficult times. Uh, Psalm 27 became very mm, prevalent in my life, that one verse where it says, when my mother and I father forsake thee, that's when the Lord shall take you in. Now, can I tell you, Jesus wants to take you in no matter what your problems are. Jesus wants to be there to be strong with you and help you to be able to make it through no matter what your difficulties are, no matter what you face. When you feel like you cannot make it, why don't you stop for a minute, bow in prayer, and say, Dear Father, I'm having a difficult time in doing this. Can you please help me? And you would be amazed how God could help you. I said that Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend even to his enemies. Uh, Jesus could share his friends. Jesus wants to be our friend. Statement number next, uh, pain does not... Deter Jesus uh, from friendship. Uh, you say, well, what do you mean? Well, here's what the Bible says uh, in the book of. Uh uh, Zephaniah, the Bible talks about this, how uh, he is that one, if you will, that answer. He says, those, it says, with which uh, I was wounded in the house of my friends. And so uh, in Zechariah, where it says that, chapter 13, verse 6, where it talks about he's wounded for his friends. Now, what's that mean? That means if he was wounded, then you and I, he understands our wounds. He understands our difficulties. He understands the complexities. And so just because there is pain there uh, doesn't mean he's going to turn away from you, but he will actually turn to you. By the way, on Calvary, as we understood the Lord's Supper tonight, he endured such great pain. So I said that Jesus uh, was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend to his enemies. Jesus could share his friends. Jesus wants us to be close to him. Pain does not deter Jesus from being our friend. Uh, Jesus, uh, and think about this, uh, Jesus demonstrates his friendship to us. 
listen to it Matthew or excuse me John chapter 15 verse 13 a greater love had no man than this than a man laid down his life for his friends I asked one of my missionary friends over in the uh, Philippines, I go there uh, to preach uh, some, and I asked one of my friends uh, over there, I said, does it ever get lonely? I mean, you're away from America, you're away from all your relatives, does it ever get lonely? Here's what he said. He said, it never gets lonely because Jesus is my best friend. And Rick Martin said that. Now, can I tell you this? Can I tell you that when Jesus is your best friend, he helps you to be able to walk through the valleys. When he is your best friend, when everybody else walks out on you, he walks in. And can I tell you that uh, sometimes you get burdened and sometimes you get down, but you don't have to face any burden by yourself. I promise you, you don't. You don't have to face any difficulty by yourself. I promise you, you don't. I remember when I got saved and I went to a public school and, oh man, I wanted my friends to be saved so bad. I really, really did. And, uh, you know, I knew what I had. I knew that I had salvation. I knew a little bit about sharing it. I knew what God did for me. And so I remember talking to one of my friends out in the barn and we were sitting in the barn and he raised horses and we're sitting in the barn and he's a Methodist and I just got saved, but I wanted to know for sure if he was saved and I said, I got saved the other day. I received Christ as my Savior. I know I'm going to go to heaven, but I don't want to go there without you. I said, we've been best friends all the way through high school. And I want to make sure that you know for sure if you died, you go to heaven. I care about you that much. I don't want to go without you. And he said, well, tell me what you're talking about. We sat there in the barn on hail bays for some time, and I did the best I could reading a track and explaining what I did by receiving Christ as my Savior, and he bowed his heart, and he received Christ as Savior. I remember one of my other friends, he, he had a race car. I didn't have a race car. I had a Vega. Mine went putt-putt. His went boom. You know, and he'd always look back, just wave at me and smile real big. He said, one day you'll get a man's car. And, but I remember I'd get in his car, we'd take off, you know. We didn't do no 200 miles an hour, but we took off. And, uh, and so, but uh, I'd get in, we'd take off, man. We'd head down those country roads, we'd hit those straight uh, roads, and man, he'd just, he'd pour it on. We'd get that thing up, and, uh, and I thought it was opportune time. I mean, that, I, I asked him the same question. Somebody asked me. I mean, we're, we're moving on. And I asked him this. I said, if you died right now, do you know for sure you go to heaven? He says, what do you think? I can't drive. <laughs> and I found out he, he had to keep his attention on the road, and I was absolutely fine with that, and I zipped it right there. But when we got done, we, we got out, we sat on the hood of his vehicle, and I said, we've been buddies for years. We run track and field together. And I said, I, I got saved. And I said, I know I'm going to go to heaven, but I sure don't want to go to heaven without you. And I was able to leave three of my best friends to Christ. And then we teamed up. We went after the social studies teacher. Never will forget it. We loved him because he'd take us out. We'd get to shoot his muskets. We liked him. And, and so, uh, I mean, you want to get people to go to heaven you like. Is that right? And so, so we liked him. He'd take us out and shoot muskets. And, and, oh, we really liked him. He took us boys on the wing. And so uh, we teamed up on him. And I gave my testimony. And then uh, one gave his and the other one gave his. And the other one went there. And we talked to him. And he bowed his heart and received Christ as Savior. And then he got an idea. 
He said, you know, uh, uh, you can have the Bible in the public school if somebody will sponsor it. Matter of fact, he said, you know how we say the Pledge of Allegiance? By the way, this was back in the day when the public school said the Pledge of Allegiance every morning over the intercom. And so he said, you know, after we say the uh, uh, Pledge of Allegiance, he said, I think I could talk the principal into letting somebody there. He said, wouldn't that be neat? I said, I think that'd be neat. He said, good, we'll get you to do it. I said, well, I don't want to do it. He said, you just told me how to be saved and you don't want to pray? Now, that's called putting somebody on the spot. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, if, if, I didn't think he'd be able to do it. I said, if you can talk to principal in it, I, I'll do it. So uh, I asked somebody, what do you pray? I mean, what do you pray? God help nobody to cheat today on a test. I mean, what do, what do you pray? Dear Father, help us, please. North Carroll High School, we need to win the championship in boxing and wrestling. And we got a big football game. Help us to put their nose in the dirt this coming. I mean, what do you pray? And so I, 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 I prayed a little bitty prayer when they got me in there. And then he said, man, he said, isn't it good that Christians should learn the Bible? I said, I think that's a good deal. He said, I think you ought to start a Bible club. I said, I think you're crazy. But we started a Bible club, and then uh, teachers at my church told me what to teach, and that they deserve all the glory for that. But can I tell you something, please? Listen to me. Uh, uh, Jesus wants us uh, to be able to help others come to know him as that friend, because he is the greatest friend they could ever have. Greater love that uh, hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. I, I, I love my friends, but I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't die for them. Now, I'm just being honest for you. Now, I love my kids, and I would for them. I've often said, if somebody ever breaks in my house, I've got lots of guns, and I know how to use them. Amen. If anybody ever breaks in my house, I'll do one thing. I promise they'll leave holy. Because <laughs> I'm a preacher, and I'll make sure of it. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying Jesus, uh, uh, he, he, he shows us the, the sacrifice that he demonstrates for his friends. What is that? He laid down his life for us. Then lastly, and I'll close tonight, and that is this. Uh, the model of real friendship is Jesus Christ. Uh, I've had days in my life when I was just, uh, everything was just wonderful. I mean, spring was in the air. The youth seemed like it was back in the step. The brain was operating at premium level. I mean, the juices were up. Everything's good. But then I've had a couple of low days too. Yeah. Can I tell you that everybody goes through the highs and the lows? And when you're at a low day in your life, can I tell you, Jesus is the model to be able to follow when it comes friendship. I don't know how it is. Uh, I'm using your pastor tonight because he's not here. But I don't know how it is in Brother Taylor's church. I know how it is here. We're friendly. We go around and we shake hands and say, God bless you. Thank you for coming. Please come back again. And by the way, we ought to continue always to do that. But I think we ought to take it a step further. And that is really try hard 
to become friends with people that we attend church with. When you, I, was, I was preaching over in uh, Louisiana. I was coming from Texas, and I was preaching. I think it was at Gonzales Baptist Temple many years ago in Gonzales, Louisiana. I think that's where it was. My wife will remember the story. I was coming back with one of my boys. I preached in Texas, and I was heading over to preach in this particular church, and, and we lived in that area. And, and, so, uh, and so we're coming back to that church, and, and the pastor asked me to preach in that church. And so I was preaching in the church, and I said, you won't believe it. You will not believe it. You will not believe it. For some reason, my gas gauge stopped working. And so as I was coming here, and uh, I ran out of gas. I thought I had gas, and I ran out of gas. And I said, probably there's somebody in one of these churches I'm going to preach at around this area that saw me because there were several people that went by. None of them stopped, but they all waved. And I said, some church I'm going to preach in around this area is probably one of those good Christians that waved at me. I had one of my boys with me, I believe, and I, got, I had two of my boys with me because I sent one with a gas can down the road. I put the other one behind the wheel, and I had that big old Suburban, and I got out and I put my back against the Suburban. I'm pushing it with my back down off of the exit, trying to get down close to where the gas station was, at least to get it off the highway. And people were beeping, and, and uh, they were waving. I'm telling you, they were waving. I don't know if they were waving saying it was a good, you did a good job, or if they were waving saying, look at that idiot. <laughs> I don't know, but I know they were happy and they were smiling. And when I said that, a lady came up to me. You remember the story? A lady came up to me and in that church service, and she came up to me and she said, I'm embarrassed. I said, why are you embarrassed? She said, you saw me wave at you, and you gave the illustration tonight right there when I was sitting there, and my face turned three shades of red. You knew I waved at you, didn't you? I said, no, I didn't have a clue. I was just making a statement. But you know, it would be good just to be a friend. Be a friend. Uh, I, I, I remember the Watkins, and they got in that terrible accident, and the car flipped, and Hannah's hanging upside down there, and Mom is hanging upside down, and church members found out about it, or heard about it, or saw it, and they rushed to where they were. Well, that's called being a friend. I remember when Sarah, Sarah Palawapico, uh, had an accident, and there was people in this room that rushed right to where she was. That's called being a friend. When somebody's in the hospital, and they need somebody to come by and cheer them up and to visit them, and you take it upon yourself to go visit them, that's called being a friend. And everybody needs somebody that'll be their friend and we can work on it. Father, bless we pray. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for the privilege to be able to come to church. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.